Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. If you're looking for news, tips, and stories about fishing the Great Lakes, you've come to the right place. And now your host, Chris Larson. Good evening and welcome to Fishhawk Live and the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast. Hope everybody had a great Christmas weekend and we're heading into another holiday weekend here coming up, but uh, good times. It's good to get with everybody again and talk some fishing. How you doing, Larry? Larry just says hi to everybody. Uh, let us know today in the comments uh, where you're watching from and, and what lake you like to fish the most. So drop that into the comments if you can. Tonight we're going to be talking with Captain John Pollock from Real Impression Sport Fishing. And Captain John uh, does his work up in Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin. And we're going to be talking something a little bit different, something that uh, you don't hear a lot about, and that's uh, steelhead in Lake Michigan. John, first of all, welcome to the show. Hey, good evening, Chris. Thanks for having me. Well, I ha I'm having you on because I saw you talking about uh, your your steelhead tournament, and we want to get to that later in the show. But first, let's just talk a little uh, kind of some Lake Michigan steelhead, and it's not something that I hear a lot of people talking about, at least on the Wisconsin side. Everybody wants to talk about Chinook. They want to talk about Cohos. Uh, but tell me about the steelhead. Uh, you are, for people who don't know, Sturgeon Bay is kind of right on that little finger that sticks out from Wisconsin. Uh, that's Door County, and he's kind of right there on the southern tip of, of Door County. Tell us a little bit about the steelhead in your area, John. Yeah, so we're out of Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, if you look at Wisconsin on a map, it looks like a big hand. And we go right out of the middle of that thumb, uh, Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin there. Uh, we fish the Bank Reef quite a bit. Um, but like you said, Chris, the steelhead fishing, not only out of Sturgeon Bay, but all over uh, Lake Michigan and our shoreline, it just doesn't get a lot of attention. And that's really sad because in some aspects, um, the DNR goes by how much attention a species gets when they are talking about their stocking. So the money that is spent on fishing, uh, species-wise, that's where money is also put in in the stocking part of things. So the steelhead fishing out of Door County is really, really good. Um, starts going around the middle of May and is good all the way through June. Um, when the water warms up a little bit more, we tend to just concentrate more on kings because that's what our clients are going after. But we always catch good steelhead for them all the way through the season. So um, it pays to have a really um, very varied spread. You know, make sure that you always keep some lines up high for steelhead, even when you're king fishing, because uh, the the fight is amazing with the acrobatics that they provide three, four foot, five jumps out of the water. Um, the table fare is amazing. Great, bright red meat. Very, very delicious. And they just, they're great. And I wish people would, would go after them more. Yeah, they're, they're a good time. Uh, I've actually caught a few steelhead in Lake Michigan out of two rivers about 10 years ago, which was a good time. I was just out with a couple of friends and we did a little trolling and, uh, it was a good time to go out there. Uh, you talked a little bit about, uh, kind of having that spread buried when you're Chinook fishing. Uh, where do you typically see those steelhead bites coming from? Um, for the majority of the season, steelhead bites come from the top 40 feet, I would say. So when we're specifically fishing steelhead, uh, let's say middle of May to middle of June, just for an example, when we're targeting steelhead specifically, um, it's high downriggers with a really long lead because you are fishing so high in the column. You want those baits as far away from the boat as you can possibly get them. So when we're downrigger fishing, it's, 
100 feet back, maybe only going 25 feet down or 30 feet down. Um, we don't use our wire dipsies when we're fishing steelhead specifically. We keep those out of the water. We just use our braided line dipsy divers dialed all the way out on three and a half. If you look at the bottom of your dipsy diver, it's got that number zero being straight back behind the boat. And the highest number three and a half will give it the furthest out direction when it starts to dive. So we'll run uh, those braided line dipsies on three and a half out, maybe 60 feet and 80 feet. Um, but then a whole bunch of short lengths of lead core, anywhere from one color to 10 color. Um, and it helps to really get those really far away from the boat as well. Put them on planer boards and get those sent out as far away from the boat as you can get them. Uh, even short coppers work really well. We'll run like a 100 foot or 150 foot uh, copper line to keep those baits nice and high. All right. Uh, when you're going after those, what's a good day like? Tell me a little bit about what the action can be like in your neck of the woods after steelhead. Oh, my goodness. If, if you go on to my YouTube channel, Real Impression Charters YouTube channel, Here's a few videos of some um, days that we specifically targeted steelhead and it's nothing to catch a limit of 15 or 20 and just, you know, at most a couple hours when the conditions are right, when the temperatures are right where you want them. And I can talk about that a little bit too. Um, when I talk about water temps, it's kind of the awakening of the season. It's the first time you're out fishing, let's say middle of May. And I really, really like to concentrate where 49 degrees hits 50 degrees. Now, depending on the year, that can be in 80 feet, it can be in over 200 feet, but it just seems that that number, 49 to 50 degrees for me, is just magical. Um, you get on that line and and it can be nonstop action and really fast. All right, so you're looking for that magical line, that magical number. At that point, are you putting those uh, lures right in that water? Or are you putting it above the fish? What do you do there? Yeah, so when I'm headed out and I'm trying to find that, you know, what I call perfect water, that 49 to 50 degrees, I'll motor out and I'll keep watching my temp, watching my temp as I'm motoring out with my big motor. And I'm not going to stop at 49 degrees and start fishing. I'm going to stop at like 47 so that I can get my entire spread in the water and get it working when that magical number does pop up, you know, 49, 50 degrees. I mean, it's not always that specific number, but it seems like usually that's where they are sometimes they're biting in 48 or 51 but um, i start fishing early before i get to exactly where i want to start fishing that way i'm all set up and ready to go and i keep those lines really high you know we're fishing so early in the year that there hasn't been a um, a thermocline developed yet everything's really cold yet so it's just cold water on top really cold water all the way down to the bottom but we're just fishing that first you know kind of acquisition of what's getting to be warmer water for the fishing season. How do you find that spot of temperature? Just watching your temp on, on the sonar, on the Lorance. So, so, you're, so you're using your, your regular sonar to find that temperature. So you're talking surface temperature at 50. It's all surface temp. Yep. I'm, yeah. It's not like king fishing where I've got my fish hawk down and I'm trying to find a thermocline. It's yeah. strictly just surface temps. Yeah. All right. So when you're going out to do that, then what kind of surface temps are you usually seeing in port? So where are you, how are you getting to that to that 50? Is it going down as you're moving off? Yeah, so the way Lake Michigan warms up is obviously the shoreline water is going to get warmer as you get out. It's going to get cooler. So I might launch the boat in the in the the shoreline temp is, you know, 53, you know, 
we we're done fishing browns the browns have scattered and moved into deeper water they're they're hard to find now we're moving on to steelhead so shoreline temps might be 53 and i just keep on cruising out cruising out cruising out okay we got 52 51 and um when i see that 50 hit 49 that is that is money and like i said stop a little early and and get your spread in before that magic number awesome tell me about the population uh you know i know that it's been really good fishing pretty much it seems like in a lot of the great lakes and just about every captain i talked to said that man, they've had a banner year this year um and i know uh really great year for salmon this year but tell me about the the, the steelhead population in your area yeah so our steelhead population's been really really good the fish are really heavy they look really healthy beautiful colors and we're getting a mix of planted fish and naturally producing fish and you can tell that by different adipose fin clips and and peck fin clips um, but every fish we catch has been really thick full of alewives um, sometimes full of bugs and got plenty to eat uh, it's doing really really well so they're they're eating lots of different things um, and i know that you know, we talked a little bit before the show about, uh, you know, the DNR in Wisconsin increasing their stockings here. Uh, how do you feel like that? Is that a good thing for, for what we've got going on over there? Yeah, that's kind of a loaded question, Chris. Um, me as the fisherman and wanting to provide for paying clients, I do like that. I do like the increased numbers of stocking in the steelhead, the kings, the cohos, the browns. All of those numbers are going up pretty drastically in the next two, three years. And, and we love that. Um, but like I said, before the show started, um, the DNR, and I, and I believe them, they're scientists, they're, they're way smarter than I am with this kind of stuff. They're still saying that the alewife population is much lower than they would like to see it. And stocking more predatory fish is only going to bring that number down. So I'm, I'm walking a fine line between being really, really happy with the amount of fish we're catching, but also being a little cautious on if there are if, if there is less alewives than what we like to see, are, are, are we hurting it or not? I, I don't know. That's tough. If you got a question for Captain John Pollock, go ahead and drop it in the comments, and we'll get him, get those questions to uh, Captain Pollock. And also, uh, drop in the comments. Let us know uh, what Great Lakes lake that you fish on. We'd just uh, be interested in seeing that tonight. We've got a pretty good audience. I think uh, people kind of hanging out. It's holiday weekend, and, and people uh, just kind of hanging out. Uh, Corey Hewitt's got a question. He'd like to know if you've ever gone salmon fishing on Lake Ontario. I have not. I've heard great things about Lake Ontario, both kings and different species of trout. Sounds like they've got a great program going on over there, but no, I have not been over there. All right, we're talking steelhead tonight here on Lake Michigan. Uh, tell me about your favorite lures for steelhead. Yeah, so with steelhead, and, and it sounds pretty generic, but it's not it's not as intricate of a process in lure selection as it would be for kings um i run all spoons i don't i don't do any flies and dodgers with, with steelhead i there are some setups that do work that i have ran with smaller orange dodgers with like a, a polar bear hair fly or some kind of small peanut fly those do work but i run all kings and i really like some of the stuff that b and e tackle has come out with this one specifically is the uh, fire and ice lighted spoon so if you see that that eyeball lights when it comes into contact with the water we've got a great orange color with some crushed ice here the fire and ice from b and e tackle and this is the uh this is the killer orange from b and e tackle another lighted spoon 
And, you know, I think that anytime you can include some light or some UV along with your bait, you know, whether you're steelhead fishing or you're king fishing, that stuff has really come along great the last few years. It's really impressive what these baits have been producing. And what you've been showing me is kind of a, a natural and orange. Is that the kind of the color palette you're looking for? Yeah, 80% of my steelhead stuff is all a bright orange. We do run some some bright chartreuses that that those trout like to see. Their their eyes just love to see bright colors. Same with the brown trout. Like there's there's something about bright oranges and bright greens that gets steelhead and brown trout really excited. All right, we've talked about lures and kind of how you're getting your lines down. Uh, we're not using the fish hawk. We're fishing kind of the top part of the water column. What speeds are you running? Uh, tell me a little bit about the directions that you're trolling and kind of where you're seeing success there. So, yeah, like I was saying earlier, we're motoring out with the big motor until we find the water that we like, whether that's the 48, 49, 50, 51 degrees. And we start fishing early so that we're set up when we get to where we want to go. And obviously, you're always watching your numbers when you're trolling, whether it's steelhead or kings or walleyes. You're watching depth. You're watching speed. You're watching your water temps. And when you start to get, you know, maybe you had a double on or maybe you had two in a row or three in a row. And you look at your temp, oh, 50 degrees. That's where we're at. And then you want to turn your boat to where that, that hot temperature is. And you want to stay in that as long as you can. Um Sometimes you'll troll straight through it, wait till you stop getting bites, turn around and and go back into that good water again. And I'm going to really quickly get on my cell phone here and show you um, how you can make the process a little easier for you in finding lake water temps. Um, it's called Michigan Sea Grant Coast Watch and the, the uh, website is coastwatch.msu.edu. And I'm going to click on, see that right there? It gives you Lake Michigan. And you can click on the portion of Lake Michigan you want to find temps for. So I'm just clicking on, come on, you bugger. I don't know why it's not letting me click on it. But I would click on Central Northern Lake Michigan, Sturgeon Bay, that's where I am. And it mm -hmm. will give you the um, the satellite uh, water temps. And they're updated every day, like 11 o'clock at night. So I know about where I'm going before I even get my boat in the water. I know if it's approximately 80 feet of water or 120 where I've got to go to get to that temperature that I really like. Um, so just again, that is seagrantcoastwatch.msu.edu. And it cuts a lot of time off your preparation. So those of you out there fishing Lake Michigan, that's uh, where to go to find some temperature. Uh, for the, you, those of you fishing other lakes, uh, I'm sure there's something similar in just about every lake on the Great Lakes. People are really keeping an eye on this stuff these days. Uh, great information there. Uh, I know that the last time we had you on the show, we were talking a lot about the bank reef and, and you salmon fishing there. Um, you know, you kind of talked about knowing where you're going to go fishing. Are these steelhead kind of found in that same area? Where where are you typically finding these compared to where you're going to go and find your, your salmon? Yeah, so when we're specifically fishing steelhead, let's say in May before we're fishing kings, I'm really not concentrating much on the bank reef. I'm mostly concentrating on that perfect water temp. Um, those fish are really, really high in the water column. You know, you can run a flat line spoon 
and catch these fish. They're really, really high up. I don't think that they're orienting to structure like they would when the water warms up more and we're fishing both of a kind of a king and steelhead mix. Um, but to answer your question, you know, let's say it's July and, and we're fishing the bank for kings. We still keep those um, higher lines up um, because there are always steelhead around. All right. Uh, anything about steelhead fishing, Captain John, that you wanted to talk about tonight that I didn't ask you about? We'll get to the tournament after this, but let's uh, stuck general steelhead fishing right now. Yeah. So like I said, you're, you're, a temperature break is really, really what you're looking for. There aren't a lot of breaks early in the season when the water is so cold. Let's say you want to find some steelhead in July or August and you're fishing 64 degrees surface temp. You can get on that Sea Grant and... Um, Let's say the king fishing by you has been tough for a couple of days and you want to you want to make sure you just put fish in the boat. And you want to find some steelhead. If you could find, you know, sometimes it's one degree. If you've got miles and miles of 64 degree water and you get on Sea Grant and you see that there's a, a one degree break, there's going to be steelhead on it. Um, obviously, the bigger the break, the better. If you can find something five or six degrees, that is phenomenal. Um, but but that's tough and you have to have the right conditions. Uh, the right wind conditions to create a break like that um, but if you can find one it's it's really great and what i love about steelhead is they bite all day um, if you're a king fisherman you know that you got to get out there at that first crack of dawn that's the best prime time that's that's when they're up and they're feeding but steelhead are one of the very few species where they like it calm and sunny it doesn't bother them you know, kind of like white bass when you're fishing in fremont they love a calm sunny day and and it's great it's you you can get out there on a calm day when it's comfortable in a in an 18 or 20 foot boat and you can catch fish where you know the kings they like it a little bit rougher they don't like that sunlight so still that are pretty cool in that aspect yeah they're fun to catch and i think uh, someone said it earlier today uh they save those slow days you get out you get on a steelhead bite and at least get some fish in the boat especially when you're doing what you're doing and and trying to take clients out and put fish in the boat Right. All right, let's talk about your tournament. Uh, you got it coming up here in June. Uh, second annual Real Steel Challenge. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so like you said, it'll be the second annual Real Steel Challenge. It's a steelhead-only tournament. And uh, a year ago around this time when I was thinking about making a tournament, just because I've never ran one, I've wanted to do one, I wanted to think of something different. And we have king tournaments all over the Great Lakes. They're really great. We have the Offshore Challenge, the KD, uh, the Blue Door, and, and they're great tournament. People have a lot of fun. We've got a handful of brown trout tournaments in April, um, the Bailey's Harbor one, Darren Collin runs one. Um, so I still wanted to do something different, and I thought, why not a steelhead tournament? They're super fun to catch. They're great eating, um, and I've never even heard of it happening. So I Googled it, and I Googled it. And I found a couple of steelhead only tournaments, but they were stream fishing or fly fishing tournaments. So I said, I'm doing it. And we partnered up with a lodge at Latham Smith right out of um, Madeline Marina where I docked the Viking. And, um, you know, the owner there, Paul, he bends over backwards for any fisherman. He's a tournament fisherman himself. So we give all the tournament anglers great rates on rooms, great drink specials, great food specials. Um, the, the cooler and, and check-in is right there at the lodge. Um, $150 per team to get in. Um, last year we had 37 teams signed up and 33 fished it because there was uh, a problem with the wind last year. It was, it was pretty rough, which is very, very rare in June. June and in late May is almost always very nice and calm. 
Um, so $150 to get in. It's a 100% payout. I don't take anything from the tournament. I just want people to get out and, and rub elbows, talk fishing, go catch some fish, bring them back. Um, it was a really good time. Uh, we did a big fish pot. You were op opted to put 20 bucks in per team for the big fish. Um, so the winning team, uh, which was not today, Evan Torgerson, he won the big fish pot and, and the tournament. So we walked away with, oh my gosh, what was it? Like $3,000 for, for winning the whole thing. It was, it was really, really fun. Tell me a little bit about that. Uh, how many fish do they bring into the scales? And uh, what was the weight last year? What was the winning weight? Oh, my goodness, Chris. I should have looked at that before. Um, I think they averaged uh, like 11 and a half pounds. So you get to weigh your three biggest fish. Uh, like I said, I think it was in that 34-pound range, which was really nice. In difficult fishing conditions. So that day to bring in, to bring in 34, 35 pounds was really, really impressive. Um, what was else I going to say there? Um, I forgot what I was going to say, but yeah, your three biggest fish, 150 bucks a team, big fish pot for 20 bucks. It, it's awesome. People had a blast. All right. If people want to do this, uh, what is the date this year? So people know when they can do it and how do they yeah. sign up? So it's Saturday, June 4th. We have a five o'clock shotgun start. Everybody just kind of congregates at the, at the, um, the opening to the lake where the break walls open up. Um, I, I walk out in the break wall. I blow the horn five o'clock. Everybody goes to where they want to go in. Um, the tournament is ran strictly through Facebook. So all the updates on, you know, participating team roster, all the, the door prizes that I collect and, and, uh, get together for everybody, which was awesome. Our, our door prize donations last year were amazing. The businesses around Sturgeon Bay really helped out a lot. Um, so it's through Facebook, uh, Real Impression Charters on Facebook, and I put everything on there. So if you have any questions about rules and how much it costs and when is weigh-in or are there any updates or changes, it's all ran through Facebook. So it's really, really easy. And you can get to John's uh, Facebook through his website if you need help finding it. It's realimpressioncharters.com. Uh, yep. We did get a question here coming in from Jim Lemon. Jim wants to know uh, if you run a stubber behind your dipsies. Yeah. Hey, Jim, thanks. Um, rubbers behind your dipsies are very important, whether you're using steel or you're using like a braided uh, Power Pro or something. And what a, what a snubber does is it takes the impact of a hard hit because those lines you're using, the main line, like steel or braid, does, have, does not have any stretch. So you need something to absorb that impact. And Howie's Tackle is uh, they sell a really cool 18-inch floral carbon rubber snubber. Um, it's virtually invisible to the fish. And uh, it's a definite necessity when you're running your dipsies. And when those steelhead hit like a freight train and, and want to go all over the place, having that snubber has uh, got to be a, a big thing for you. Yeah, it's pretty important. And you want to make sure that your leaders are nice and long and you're using fluorocarbon on your leaders too. All right, one more question just came in here. It's from Lauren Curtis. And uh, Lauren would like to know, uh, what are the steelhead feeding on when they're high in the water column? And should you downsize your spoons on certain days? Yeah, I do find myself downsizing my spoons. I don't really run any magnum spoons. They make some great magnum spoons and some great steelhead colors, but I don't really ever run them. It's it's this typical trolling spoon size, you know, this four inch, but I do run a lot of smaller stuff. Um, and those fish are feeding on alewives that are high in the column. And some of them, um, when you gut them out and open up that belly, it looks like Copenhagen chew. Um, they're eating bugs, flies, anything off the top. 
And when it's really calm, you can see them just sucking bugs off the top. It's really neat if you if you pay attention. All right. Now, now all of a sudden we're getting questions. <laughs> Dave's got a question or two. He'd like to know if you run torpedo divers for them on your board rods. I have not. I know the torpedo diver thing has gotten a lot of popularity the last couple of years. But, you know, to be honest, I, I just don't change what I have working for me. Um, I'm hearing a lot about them, hearing people talk about them, that they work great. But but I don't. I don't run them. No. Nope. All right, John. Uh, anything else you want to touch on before we let you go tonight? Uh, no. Like I said, if you want to find out the information on the Real Steel Challenge, June 4th, Saturday, in Sturgeon Bay, ran out of the lodge at Latham Smith, Madeline Marina. We've got room for boats if you want to bring a boat from a different port. Uh, we had boats from the UP last year, Kiwani, Algoma. They all came came in. So we've got room for you at the marina. Um, if you're trailing your boat, uh, there's plenty of trailer parking for your boat with uh, all kinds of plug-ins so you can keep your batteries charged overnight right at the parking lot at the marina, giving you great rates at the room at Lodge at Latham Smith, food specials, drink specials. Um, so make sure you get on Real Impression Charters on Facebook and uh, get yourself signed up and have a good time with us. Awesome. Captain John Pollock, really appreciate you coming on tonight. Always fun to talk to you. And uh, check out John's YouTube channel as well. He's got a lot of good stuff there as well. I uh, just want to thank everybody for coming out tonight. Thanks for listening to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. For more information on fishing the Great Lakes, visit our blog at fishhawkelectronics.com.